It's Sunday morning. Time for the great outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio in Chicago, and thank you for joining me. I'm going to jump right into it this morning. If you've received a letter from Friendly Manitoba, if you're an American who planned to hunt in Manitoba last year, I'm going to describe the letter that you might have received. And for those of you who did not receive this letter because you didn't plan to hunt in Manitoba, this letter serves as a poster child for what not to do. And I underline not what not to do if you were running the public relations department of a province. So you heard me last year spend a lot of time last winter, a year ago, with experts from around the country talking about this proposed, which became law, a new set of regulations in Manitoba that were punitive to American hunters hunting waterfowl in Manitoba. And these regulations were done as came to be known throughout the process, but certainly after the process, they were done without any scientific data, done without any review from professionals across the country. They were done without a, any kind of communications with small towns in Manitoba, with lodge owners, with uh, restaurants, chambers of commerce. They were basically done in the dark of night in a back room, if you will. Manitoba, I guess, has those things. Chicago, we certainly know about those things. In a back room where a few people decided they wanted to totally change the historic relationship between Americans coming to Manitoba to hunt and what they hoped would take place in the future. They basically were socially engineering what they believed to be the future of Manitoba hunting, which was their prerogative. They ran the provincial departments of wildlife. However, it was not done in a way that had any kind of scientific justification, any data behind it, or was not done in a way that was open and transparent. So in a smoke-filled room, with the backing of the outfitters in Manitoba, they passed legislation that, that changed, it, not forever because I think it's going to be undone, but they changed how we could go to Manitoba. You had to go into a lottery system. You could only hunt for a week, et cetera, et cetera. I won't go through all the details. So here we are now a year later. And if you, as thousands of Americans did, applied for a lottery permit last year in Manitoba and received one, But if you were one of many Americans who, after having applied for their permit and received it, chose not to go to Manitoba for a variety of reasons, this is the letter that is now coming to you from the province of Manitoba. It says, Dear Hunter, you successfully received a foreign resident migratory game per license draw last year, but we did not receive your payment by December 6, 2023. Failure to pay by December 26, by December 6, 2023, has resulted in your Manitoba license being canceled, and you are now placed in a penalty. I'm not making this up. In a penalty status until the amount is paid. Penalty status will result in all future Manitoba 
hunting or angling privileges being suspended. You can make payment by calling blank, blank, blank. The amount of money that you owe is $218.25 Canadian. Now, fortunately, the Canadian dollar's a little bit weaker than the American, but you're still closing in on owing almost $200. And you cannot go hunting or fishing in Manitoba until you pay for this license that you did not use and therefore did not purchase. But because you entered their lottery, you agreed to purchase a license. This has set off a firestorm, and as it should. And I would think that if I were the, the premier of Manitoba, I would be looking to fire as fast as I could the people who put not only these regulations in place, but the people who authored this letter. Um, it is, can you imagine the state of Illinois sending someone a letter? Well, actually, we probably could. This is Illinois, but let's pick another state. Can you imagine some, a state sending a letter to someone who did business with your state telling you you cannot do business in the future? until you pay for the license you didn't use last year and didn't purchase. So fishing lodges across Manitoba are now hearing from their customers who are saying, I, I, I can't come fishing with you because I bought a, I got a lottery draw for a hunting license that I didn't use. It has nothing to do with fishing, but now I can't come fishing with you unless I pay about $200 for last year's license, and then I'm going to pay another $200 for this year's license. It, we have gone so far off the tracks and the license plate in Manitoba and the sign when you enter the province says, welcome to friendly Manitoba. Friendly Manitoba is on every single license plate of every car in Manitoba. And Manitoba indeed has some of the most friendly people in the world. I've had the pleasure of going to Manitoba for over 40 years hunting and fishing. I know the province better than any other province in Canada. In fact, I know it as well as I know many states in the United States. It's an absolutely glorious place to visit. It's a fantastic place to hunt and fish. And it truly has some of the world's nicest, most generous individuals. And for the province to be stuck with a few individuals in government who could write such a letter and concoct such laws is is not. It's been said for a while. It's anti-American. It's not anti-American. It's, it's much worse than that. It is simply not understanding that customers are what make your job possible. And in the case of these people in Manitoba, they are now basically alienating thousands of Americans who, when they get this letter, I guarantee you, they're not going to go back to Manitoba again. So hopefully, the new premier in Manitoba will rescind or reverse the regulations that were put in place that affect waterfowl hunting for Americans and put in place, as I said a moment ago, without any scientific data, any justifications, basically just a payoff to a few influential uh, outfitters and some other people. It's a, it's a disgrace in the wildlife profession, and the individuals who are behind it have done an enormous disservice to the future of wildlife management. So if you get that letter from Manitoba, um, that's what it's going to tell you. You're going to owe them 200 bucks, or you can't go fishing in Manitoba again in the future, ever. Hopefully the premier takes care of that in the next couple of weeks. Moving from Manitoba, I want to talk about what's going on in the American West. We've all hearing about water, lots of talk about water. There was an incredible headline in, in the uh, paper in Los Angeles last week about water in the West, and and it's hard to imagine 
this headline. Uh, Long-term Colorado River rescue plan is at an impasse. I've talked on the air from time to time about how water in the West is, we all know it's precious, but how it's been over-allocated, and that there actually isn't enough water in the West to uh, satisfy all the needs of users. And, and you'll hear much more in the, in the coming year about the making of an epic movie, new IMAX movie, uh, entitled Secrets of Great Salt Lake, which is a story of the majesty of the Great Salt Lake and how the Great Salt Lake can be saved, but it's also going to be a story of, of what needs to take place to save the Great Salt Lake. Well, the Colorado River is the lifeblood of uh, water in the West for California, New Mexico, Nevada, Arizona in particular, the lower basin states do not have anyone, many people living there and no agriculture if they don't get Colorado River water. The problem is they've been using a lot more water than there is in existence for many, many years. And the northern states, the upper states in the basin, Utah and Colorado in particular, have been using less than the amount of water that they were allotted under the compact going back into the 1920s. So the fight is over, how does the water get allocated? And basically, California and Arizona are saying, we, we need more of your water. And the northern states are saying, well, no, our populations are growing. We're going to start using all the water that was allocated to us 100 years ago. You're not going to get our water. And that means there's not enough water in the system. In fact, there hasn't been enough water in the system. And if, if the numbers are close, it looks like the southern states, California and Arizona in particular, are using somewhere between 20 and 30 percent more water than actually exists in the Colorado River by the time it gets to them, which is why the reservoirs, of course, are going dry, like Mead, like Powell, etc. This is a national story because without water in the American West, we lose a huge amount in California and Arizona particularly, but particularly California. We are going to lose an enormous amount of our agricultural productivity, particularly for fresh produce. So this is really a question of how we're going to allocate water and economic resources. And right now what we're looking at is absolutely nobody has the political will to take this issue on. The reality is we have too little water. We have too much demand for it, and the places where it is needed the most that produce the most economic and environmental productivity to our country is where the water should go. And that means that there needs to be a lot of agricultural land dried up that is not producing high-value crops in America or crops that, that simply are actually in surplus in a lot of cases. And we need to have the water go to agricultural producers who are producing high-value essential crops that feed America and, and beyond. That's the discussion people don't want to have right now because everyone who's got six cows and alfalfa in the back field is using a lot of water and it's a lot of people, but they are not contributing significantly to the economic driver in America that feeds America the way the Central Valley of California is. And I am not here advocating for the Central Valley of California. I'm simply advocating that we are going to need to have a much better discussion as to how the water is allocated, who gets it, and why. And politicians are not very good at that discussion because they're trying to please everyone. This is not a case where you can please everyone. And it's going to have a huge impact on the cost of food in America as we progress with a West that has less water and a lot more users.
That's anyway, the update from the West, more to come on that. I'm sure in the coming months, I'll be back in just a moment, with much more in the great outdoor show. And when I do, I'm going to talk about a testimony in Congress that took place this Thursday, which is absolutely fantastic. Thanks so much for listening. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN. And first, a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. Hiking, camping, and hunting, it's all an adventure in the great outdoors, but nature can be tough. You need to be ready for anything and everything. Chevy Silverado is built to handle the toughest conditions and get you everywhere you want to go worry-free. Silverado's designed to handle the big jobs. It's built for the great outdoors. With over 13,000 pounds of towing capacity and trailering sway control, Silverado can haul the biggest loads on the roughest roads and keep you cool as a Sunday drive. With eight available cameras and up to 14 different views, it can spot trouble before it gets to you. That's peace of mind. And when you're ready for the backcountry, Chevy Silverado 1500ZR2 owns the off-road. You name it, we run over it. No wonder it's Motor Trend's 2023 four-wheeler pickup truck of the year. So see your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and check out a Chevy Silverado. It's freedom to explore the great outdoors. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN. I hope you're enjoying the show. And don't run to your computer inbox to see if you have that wonderful letter from Manitoba. If you won the lottery last year but found out actually winning the lottery comes with a great expense. I'm going to talk now about something that happened on Thursday, which has made so many people who've been at this a long time, well, extremely happy, but also we're a little bit disbelieving that we could get this far and hopefully we can get it over the finish line. Congress is con- considering something called the HEN Act, which I talked about over six weeks ago and I commented how the HEN House, which is what it's called, was came into being and I talked about Jim Shear and Chuck Urban and Fred Keck and the Delta Waterfowl Foundation, and all the people involved who actually created this in the late 1980s. Well, we're now before Congress. Dr. Frank Rauer of the Delta Waterfowl Foundation testified on Thursday of the need for Congress to support funding to have hen houses placed across the prairie breeding grounds to increase the nest success of, of mallard productivity. And the other part of the act is to enable water to be flooded in the Central Valley of California to help nesting waterfowl, which are in serious trouble in California due to the enormous habitat changes that are occurring there. California used to produce a fair number of waterfowl itself in the Central Valley in particular, and today that number is is very few and declining. So this act would provide U.S. taxpayer money uh, for the construction of, in part, the construction of hen houses, these singular, these these uh, they are cylinder structures filled with hay made of wire that hen mallards and they're put up on a stilt. And if you see the movie, the IMAX movie Wings Over Water, you'll you'll get a great picture of a hen house. But if you go to Google right now and Google hen houses, I think somewhere in the Google search. You will uh, you'll see a picture of the cylinder device. The objective is to put up a great number 
of these structures all across the prairies to increase the nesting success rate of mallards and hopefully as a result the productivity of mallards. Frank Rauer testified in Congress on Thursday for the for the value of this and, and the need for it. And if the act passes, it will be a, a real shot in the arm for a program that began here in Illinois uh, through Jim Shear and Chuck Urban and Fred Keck and a few others. And now it's literally taken wings across across the continent and into Canada. And whether there's a drought or not a drought, uh, a hen house is likely to produce ducks year in and year out because of where they're placed. And they're also are able to be moved to always be over water. So it's an exciting time if Congress will pass this. And I have to say hats off to Frank Rauer for appearing before Congress to, to testify as to its need. There are a lot of things the government funds that we could question whether or not they will produce results. This is something that we absolutely know is going to produce results. Hopefully it passes the HEN Act. And if you want to support it, Certainly, you can write your representative, your congressman, your senator, and saying you support the HEN Act. It, it's, it is terrific for waterfowl conservation. Uh, last thought before I sign off is we start. We have been seeing a remarkably early movement of snow geese north, which tells us, as I mentioned last week, that they know that it's life and death for them. They know the worst of winter is behind us. Sure, we may have some storms or whatever, but... The idea of prolonged freezes and, and heavy winter, birds don't migrate north to, to go and, and turn around and have to migrate south in any kind of volume, and they've been doing it now for weeks. So spring is on its way, and as spring is coming on its way, we better hope for one of the wettest marches in April in history for the prairie breeding grounds as from Alberta all the way across to Manitoba and on south into North Dakota and, and Montana, the key area for, for, mig- for nesting migratory birds of all kinds on the continent is in the throes of a terrible, terrible drought. And without a lot of moisture here in March and April, uh, this year could be a, a devastating one for, for production of birds, particularly waterfowl. I always like to end on a happy note. So have a great week and the great outdoors ahead. And I'll be back next week with much more on the great outdoors. And maybe we'll find out if the Hen Act is going to pass. Thanks so much. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN.